Pulp MX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X-Pod Show, and we're about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, let me thank our sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. Also, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. You can also visit Motosport.com. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride, only at motosport.com. And don't forget to go to pulpmxshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpmx Wrap-Up Show or contribute a question or topic for Hello Pookie, send it to darkside at pulpmx.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. Michelin Bicycle Tires brings us the one and only from Race Tech Checkers. What's up, Chris? Uh, just watching some lap times from Loretta's, hanging out. Yeah, you've been. Uh, I haven't really had a chance because of work and things going on to watch a lot, but uh, sounds like the Kiefer's are doing well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Chris rode around in about thirty seconds ahead of, ahead of everyone in his first moto, and yeah. um, if Aiden hasn't been taking starting tips from Mathis, starting at the back, he'd be running up in the podium <laughs> spots all the time. It looks like he's got some speed. Um, he did get on podium yesterday and had a very good podium interview. So. If you haven't seen it, I would go check it out. Yeah, I have that in my uh, my to-do list. I'm going to do that after the show and check that stuff out. Uh, let's get to our other guests real quick. Brought to you by Guts Racing. You guys don't forget to stick around for the show. Some, sometime tonight, I'm going to tell you who won the uh, Guts Racing discount for a seat cover, thanks to Andy Gregg. But tonight, Guts Racing brings us from the Pulpamex show, producer Talon Taylor. What's up, dude? Hey, Dark Side. What's up? Not much, man. Uh, stoked to get this thing going. Uh, we're going to talk about episode 433, which if I'm going to be honest, guys, this was it was just an okay episode to me. Not, nothing against Kellen. Uh, honestly, I had just in the last week or two, in the last two weeks, I've had Cole Seeley and Benny on my show, so I've kind of heard a lot of that stuff already. Sorry, Steve, beat you to it. Um, but it was just an okay show to me, man. I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, there's some good stuff that came out of it. But Talon, what do you think? As uh, in studio, you know, doing your job. I don't know how much of it you you got, you know, but you you got to take in. But what do you think? Uh, yeah, definitely as lively as previous shows. But I think some of that goes to just we don't have any racing or anything yeah. to really talk about right now. So we're kind of just making up as it goes and trying to stay relevant. But yeah, without the racing, it's hard to make a five-hour show and super entertaining the whole time yeah i think kellen does a great job but he doesn't he doesn't quite have the recognition of you know any of the writers or a wygant yet you know so he's still he's still new he does a great job but people just don't know him well the name as well yeah i think uh some of that's true i think the the gamers know him because if you're sitting there watching on facebook uh checkers or if you're watching on youtube there's a lot of talent or a lot of uh uh kellen brower love yeah, Kellen's a pretty big deal. And 
I think part of it, it's developing, and you kind of heard it a little with, like, the Kellen's Instagram thing and whatnot that Steve was going at, but he doesn't know him just well enough to completely go jab-jab at him right. all the time. So there was, a, there was a little more calmness, and he definitely doesn't have that huge personality like uh, Randy Richardson or Goldie or something like that where they're, yeah, they just carry the show by person. themselves because of that. Kellen is very analytical and extremely intelligent and knows history and stuff, but he has to be led into the subject a little bit. He's not going to jump in and... RV it over, interrupt everybody, you know? <laughs> well, maybe, you know what? Maybe we should get Steve or Pookie to get some drinks in him and see if we can get a, a, a Villa Poto or Jake and Coke or, you know, or a GL type moment out of Kellen. I wonder what he's like when he's loaded. Well, interestingly enough, he used to have a nickname, and I hope he doesn't kill me for bringing this up. But when he first um, became of age, his nickname was K2B because it was Kellen Two Beers. <laughs> uh, but he was drinking a beer during the show, and I yes, think he was he had more than two, and it didn't come out. Right, but uh, it, it it can happen, and he does loosen up a little. That's cool. I'd like to hear that. I mean, I, again, I, nothing against Kellen. He's a great guest. He, like you said, he knows what's going on. I don't know. I just what it wasn't like. There wasn't anything. I was like, oh, that was so great. You know, it was just it was a really good, informative show. But uh, we had Cole Seeley on the line, Benny Bloss, Derek Rankin is mechanic also, Chris Betts, and Weege from Loretta's. And we're going to get into Loretta's in a second. But the first thing I want to touch on, and I'm going to start with you, Taylor, uh, a little bit of a possible bombshell type of announcement that we could lose Marks. Um, you know, he, he may be taking another job that could conflict. Uh, as a fan of the show and a friend of Marks, I don't love that at all. How does that affect you? What do you think about that? There's a very, very slim chance that Marks leaves the show. I'll okay. say that. It, it was more of a, yes, he did have an interview. Yes, they did say that could be a problem. But, he, I don't know, He Marks said he could work it out where, you know, he just sets the cameras up and, you know, fixes the code real quick from the studio. I so got you. He, there's ways around it. I, I don't see Marks going anywhere. He loves the show. I don't think he's going to walk away. Yeah, I think maybe finding his he might have to find a different job that'll allow that Monday night. But yeah, I don't see Marks going anywhere from Pulp. Well, that makes me feel better. I mean, I know you've taken over a lot of the responsibilities that he used to do, and he's kind of got new responsibilities. But I like him involved. Uh, Checkers, I mean, what was your reaction to, when you heard that? Well, I mean, it would it would break the show for the first time maybe ever um, <laughs> because. I mean, the producer, yeah, you know, it really, it really, um, it shifted around a lot for a long time. And then, granted, he's not the quote producer anymore, or is he the producer and not the director? He's the director now. I think he's the director. <laughs> however, now. that however those titles work. Yeah. Um, but he's still part of it, and, and it meshes super well and works super well with the show. Which before it was always when they would go to whoever was in the chair. A lot of times I felt like it didn't flow. It was cringy. You never knew what they were going to say, whereas <laughs> Mark adds a lot to the show. And even with the addition of talent, like, you feel like it is, it's really smooth, and it feels like it's a constant show, and it feels like they know each other, and they work together well, and there's not, like, this awkward transition period. Um, it just fits. So, and obviously I'm yeah. assuming there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that he's part of. And, I mean, with the app and That's everything. That's what I was that, that, say. He does a whatnot. lot. Yeah, he, uh, Talon, he basically, well, first of all, he wrote the code and developed the app uh, and, and is working on the new app, which, you know, Steve says is coming soon. Mark says is not. I'm going to go with Mark's on this. But he also, he had a, a, pretty much everything to do with figuring out the camera situation, too, right? That, that we, yeah, it's come to be part of the show. Yeah, the cameras, everything. He does, he does a lot behind the scenes. He's taken a lot off of Mathis's plate because he's able to do a lot of that tech stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll go over and fix you know, boards for the computer. He does He does a lot, like, not just on Monday nights for the show, too. That's why I really don't see him going anywhere. I think he's happy to be a part of Pulp, and Definitely. he does a great job. I don't I don't see Steve letting him go. Yeah, I was watching, and, I, you know, there was a, at some point during the show, there was a little issue with the monitor that shows the sponsors in the background. And, you know, you see uh, Steve kind of looked over at him, pointed at it. Marks walks around messes with a cable or whatever it was he does and fixes the problem. So, yeah, yeah I think the show the show needs Mark. So let's, uh, let's make that happen. Hopefully we'll cross our fingers. Uh, but, all right, um, 
Okay, so Loretta's, let's start with that. First of all, I want to also congratulate Kellen on having a baby, uh, That's which he used in his fly racing ads that Mathis talked about. Congratulations to Kellen on that. But Loretta's, Weege is there. He called in. He's at the ranch. Um, I don't even want to talk about the Loretta's event totally to begin with, Checkers. The first thing I want to talk about is Weege saying that the PC, PC shop video, someone's actually seen this footage. It Maybe there's hope. It may still be something we get. I, I'm praying that we see it. It's actually crazy how well Steve hypes stuff up because it's Steve acting in a little video, cleaning a PC shop. Like it shouldn't <laughs> be like, oh my gosh, I want to see it. But it just adds to the mystery of it so much. Yeah. I just hope that him blowing the dude out that uh, was responsible, who happens to be a buddy of mine. Um, is uh doesn't keep it from coming out ever you know it'd be like it'd be like the best surprise ever if it just came out on christmas or something like that right yeah i and i was kind of wondering like there's part of me that goes is this being played up is it real you know and i and the tweet that he mentioned if you guys didn't see it so math here's i'm gonna read it i have it here uh attention mx industry don't work with at verb crane on any video he will waste your time he will lie to you and he won't deliver Sad, and then he tagged Verb West. We know, you know, all those guys. We know they've been in there with the Moto Spy Show. And when I first saw this Talon, I was like, "Oh, damn!" Like, like I was really, oh man, Steve's mad. Which he even mentioned, you know, like I was working out or exercising and got upset. But then I was kind of like, "Ah, oh, is he playing this up? Is this real? I don't really know." And I still don't know that I really know. But <laughs> what were your thoughts, Talon? Uh, it, it's real for sure. They can't get the footage from him, but okay. Uh, it must have been off air. He said this if you don't remember hearing it, but he said that uh, he talked to Wes from Verb, and even Wes can't get a hold of the guy to. He can't get the guy to email him back to send him money. So no, he he, he did say that on air. He did say that money, on air. So how, yeah. So how is you know to get the footage? You know, if he's not able to do the legwork to get his money, then he's probably not going to do the legwork to get the video out. Yeah, it's it's really a crazy situation, Checkers. You said that uh, he's a friend of yours. I mean, do you have any inside info, like what the situation is? When I say a friend, it's uh, when we when we're together at the races and stuff, we'll definitely hang out, have okay. a beer or whatever. Um, I don't talk to him on like a even a weekly basis by any means. Gotcha. But, and I wasn't even I didn't even realize until it's still until Steve blew it out. I didn't know he was the one that shot it for sure. Um, I actually at one point thought it was Wes, and I was like, man. Uh, I know Wes can get busy, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but usually he's pretty reliable and comes through. You might have to yell at him a few times. And, <laughs> uh, the tweet actually, it, I have a different take on after that because I actually didn't see that tweet. I only heard about it on the show. Okay. I mean, hearing him on the show, I thought he was a hundred percent serious. That he was definitely super upset, like not not a joke at all. The tweet seems like it's so far over the top, and it's. Although Steve likes to go over the top, usually he's not personally attacking people. He really doesn't. Right. Um, and to go straight at him that way uh, makes me think that, well, maybe maybe it's an inside joke. Maybe not even a joke necessarily because it's real that he doesn't have the footage, right? Like, I think we all agree on that. But yeah. uh, is he perhaps playing it up that he sent a message and he's not really personally upset? But he's trying to poke him and get his attention type of deal. Maybe they have that type of joking relationship because I do that with a lot of my friends, right? I think a lot of people do. Or oh yeah, you're the yeah. hardest on them and you're the most direct with them. And and I know Crane's been in there a bunch shooting like Moto Spy and stuff. Exactly. So it's not like they don't have a relationship. And he is a very fun person and pretty easygoing. So maybe that's where Steve's coming at is he's going to poke him a little bit, but he's not really actually that upset. Yeah, that was kind of my point when I said I wasn't sure. Once I read the tweet, I was like, okay, either he's really, really pissed off or he's effing with his buddy because, you know, jabbing him a little bit because, like you say, it doesn't. he doesn't usually go for the jugular with people. So, And the fact that he tagged Wes also, I thought, ah, man, I think there's a – it just seemed like it might have been a little bit of a joke to some degree. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we get the video because now it's – I mean, the Geico video came out this week, but now, like, you know, it's like finding Stu. Like, when are we going to get it? When are we? Is there going to be a part two? And uh, hopefully, hopefully, it happens. But uh, all right, Loretta's. So 
Checkers, you said you're not at Loretta's this year. Obviously, you know Weeds is there. Things have started. Um, Steve, Steve likes Ryder D and Carson Mumford because they're nice to him. When, when is Steve? When is Steve or is Steve ever going to actually, you know, like enjoy? It's just racing, man. These kids are fast. Let's enjoy it. These guys are these these kids are good. Well, this ties in a lot to my point um, that I was going to make about the GP side, but I'll jump the gun on it a little bit. Of Steve has this way that he he jumps in super aggressively. I don't care. I don't care. And then he takes a super passionate take on it, yeah. um, and it's like you really don't care, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and I I think it's he's very invested in every every sport that he's into. Like knows a ton about it. Sure. And knows it. And I don't think he does know a ton about the who's who of amateur racing. At the same point, he still pays attention to it enough that he knows who some of these kids are and, and whatnot. And I think he doesn't want to like it because he doesn't like a lot of the way that the amateur world works. And I think that's more of it. Of It's not really he doesn't like the riders. He doesn't like the, the amateur motocross system sure. and what's in place there. But I do find it super funny that he acts like, I don't care about it. I don't care. But yet he's extremely passionate about not caring about it. Absolutely. And we're going to touch on the race tech rant here after in just a moment, which kind of plays into that. But Talon, um, something else that I thought was funny while Weege is on, he's, he's discussing that. If I'm not mistaken, he was talking about Carson Mumford coming back out to race it. I, I, I think. And Steve was like, wait, he wrote, wrote some pro classes. And then he forgot the rule that you can race pro and then go back to the amateurs if you only race pro a little bit and kind of almost flip yeah, out I'm again. Certain. Yeah, he almost flipped out again. Yeah, yeah. Amateurs is one topic that it's going to get him going every time you bring it up. <laughs> Just guaranteed every time you want to see him rant and bring up the amateurs. Yeah, well, it's it's but super interesting. Go ahead. I think a lot of that might come from you know him being friends with Alex Ray and Kate Clayson and all these privateers and that are struggling, you know, and they're top professionals or, you know, right behind the top professionals. And, you know, they're struggling to get support, but, you know, there's this 13-year-old kid who's riding for factory Kawasaki and, you know, gets paid 50 grand a year or however much, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's where some of the frustration comes from is for his friends. Yeah, that's that's a legitimate argument, you know, and th- a legitimate thing to be irritating to all of us in the industry. But it, it, at the very least, at the, or at the best, I guess, it gives us the entertainment of this, this one of these topics that he likes to rant about. You know, there's many of them, but this is one of the good ones. Uh, and check, checkers, I found it pretty funny that he's, you know, he's he's gotten to where he's now talking to Evan Ferry. I guess you know he's 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 he, Evan's going to be on the show before long. It won't be long. He'll be on the show. Right for sure. Uh, Everything that he said, I'm not going to be around this sport when he turns pro. Well, Evan Ferry's two years from turning pro, and I don't see Steve leaving anytime no, soon. No, no. And it's funny, you know, one of my best friends who is a relatively new pulp listener, like, I think he felt like some of that was serious because he was telling me, you know, like, dude, you, you need to get with Steve and, like, get in. Like, you're you're getting in there with the, with the pulp, you know, network a little bit and get in there because Steve doesn't want to be there much longer. He's He said he doesn't want to still be doing this. When Evan goes pro and he's, you know, he's already been there longer than he said he wants to. I was like, dude, he's he's not serious. He is never going to quit pulp. He loves this shit no matter what he says. He's he's ate up with it just like the rest of us. Uh, but anyway, I, I think it's funny. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And I think when Evan Ferry does finally come on the show, Talon, that it he's probably going to get a lot of memes and tweets and it's it's going to be fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it'll be good. And I'm sure Tim will be on the other line with him too. Right? Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So I've got a little piece of audio. We we all know that our buddy Chris Kiefer, you know, friend of the show, co-host, Kiefer Pod, Kiefer Inc., uh, Kiefer Testing Pod, is at Loretta's with Aiden. That's been a big deal. Uh, he's done some pods with Aiden. And uh, they, they both had their first motos yesterday, but I want to play a little bit of what Steve had to say real quick before we get into that. Is Kiefer in a now I'm here to win mode, or where are we at? Listen, I hope he doesn't listen to this, and I hope he's not listening right now. But we got a problem with Kiefer oh. in that he's a very good rider. He, he's awesome, okay? He's mm-hmm. very fast. He's very skilled. Mm-hmm. But whether it was the pro-national thing last year, the world vets... 
Loretta's, like at the races? Yeah. We may have a bit of a mind game going on in oh. the, at the races because oh. he can't seem to get it done when the gate drops. All right, checkers, I'm going to start with you. So first of all, at the Vet Nationals, which you mentioned, he finished second to Brownie. Uh, that's pretty legit. Uh, and he won his, he won his uh, first moto yesterday at Loretta's. But do you think there's anything to this theory, or is this – I mean, how serious is Steve about this? Or is he just jacking with his boy? Uh, I think he's jacking with him a little bit, but I think it. Uh, I think in Steve's brain, he's convinced himself that there might be an issue there. Right. Um, I mean, I do think at the national something something didn't add up and something wasn't right. But I think a lot of that is Chris just doesn't have that necessarily kill instinct, and um, you know he rides a lot of laps and he knows he has to ride a lot of laps for a living, and he's not going to go too far over the edge and qualify for a national. Yes, that makes sense. Getting beat by Mike Brown, that's kind of expected, honestly. I mean, exactly. he's won national championships and, you know, he's won GPs and he's fast. He's good. Uh, but, I mean, he did. it's not like even last time he went to Loretta's that he did terrible. He didn't do as good as maybe he wanted to do, and so he worked harder to be better at it. But, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, a piece of Steve giving him a little bit of a hard time. And when he says, I hope he doesn't listen to it, he really wants him to listen to it because he's given him a hard time. But I do think um, I think Steve's convinced himself maybe there's a little bit of an issue there. But mm-hmm. most of it, I think, was just a jab. And Chris has kind of said the national with the rig, you know, uh, with Moto Concepts, it did get to him a little bit. And I, I guess that's fair. But um, I think uh, so far, Chris seems to be proving him wrong at least this week. Uh, Talon, what are your thoughts, man, uh, on Kiefer and what Steve had to say? I don't know if you guys caught it, but at one point during his rant, he said that he had some vet friends that were claiming that this was the best vet riders in the world. And yes. I was thinking about I didn't catch it during the show, but when I got home and was re-listening to it, I was like, he has to be talking about Kiefer. Because what other friends does he have going? Maybe Carabino. But do you think Kiefer would say that? that? He basically I, that at. Like, that doesn't sound like something I think Kiefer would say, though. Do you? I could see Kiefer saying it in, you know, where Matthew is giving him crap, like, Hey, why are you taking this so seriously? And Kiefer just saying, I want to do good. I'm racing the best vet national riders in the world. And uh, I can see how that could get, how Steve could twist that, you know. Okay. Yeah, maybe uh, like misrepresent, like he says, I do him. <laughs> yeah, just turn some words around a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. Make it fit his narrative, you know. Let's go with that. I like that, I like that theory. Um, all right, staying on the Loretta's topic, just real quick. There, they talked about this Monday night that there is a uh, an amateur day, not the amateur national, but an amateur day, the weekend of the pro national checkers, um, which a lot of tracks do this, but for some reason, because of the history of Loretta's and the have to earn it tag, there's some people that are pissed off about it. There's some people that like you know, hey, I, I spent all this money to go to the amateur national for the week when I could have just went to this or whatever their argument is. I don't think this is a legit argument. I think this is just, once again, people finding something to bitch about. It, like To me, it makes no difference. What do you think? Do you, uh, you think it was a good idea? you think it was maybe something they shouldn't have done because of the aura of the, the event? Well, it's um, interjecting my opinion, which Steve will love. But, yeah, well, this one, uh, that's what I want. I was actually shocked about it, that they, that they were doing it. And... Because, I mean, I remember the first time I went to Loretta's, and at the writers' meeting, literally the, the part of the message was, you're a badass, and because of that, you get the honor of riding here. This place is never open. It's grass, except for when you guys are here. Um, the only way to ride this track is to qualify for it, and they do, and that was talked about on the show. I mm-hmm. think it might have been a caller that actually brought that up. I can't, or maybe Weege brought it up. Yeah, I, I think Weege, yeah. But, um, and so I actually understand it, so I was surprised by it. Um, do I think it's worth going on Vital MX and making a thread and complaining about it? No, not at all. I don't feel that passionately about it. But it was kind of like, oh, I, I earned my way into this cool club, and now I'm not part of this cool club anymore because any Joe can go sign up and race it. But yeah. you still didn't race the amateur national there. And I'm assuming the the way the track is prepped and such will not be like the amateur national either. 
um, which probably would upset me more than anything when somebody says, oh, it was so easy. I don't know why people are saying it's all rough and ruddy. (laughs) Because if they don't prep it the way that they do for the Amateur National, which they do on purpose, because if you watch any racing from down there, there's 10 lines in every corner. And, you know, you watch guys make passes. It takes them four turns a lot of times because it looks like they have it made and then they don't. Yeah, um, I don't see them prepping it like that for a normal amateur race, and if they do, I don't think anyone will really enjoy it, and that'll probably just play up the fact of how gnarly the dudes that do qualify to to race it are. So, actually, I understand it, but um, and I was surprised by it at the same point. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and Steve made a point, Talon, that or you know a comment that look it's it's 2020 it's covid everything's kind of just screwed up right now. They're doing MX Sports is doing what they need to do. Uh, they, you know, they've got to earn some money. They're look, uh, uh, damn it, my mind just blanked on um, Coombs. Davy Coombs announced, you know, with the last show that hey, they're doing a full purse for the pro race. Like they, they got to do what they've got to do. It's, it's really have some understanding. It's not that big of a deal. Nothing is normal right now. So just su- suck it up, dude. Yeah, and it's a way to get fans there. Like people True. want to be there to watch the races. It's a way, you know, and you get to race the course. How cool is that? You get to. Go to Loretta's, ride the track, watch the pro race. Like, yeah, I understand. Like, if you put all the money into Loretta's amateur, then, you know, the amateur national, I get your gripes, but it's 2020. Like, just, it's a way for them to get spectators and recoup a little bit of money out of the race. Just, yeah. Just deal with it for this year. That's kind of what I think. Um, okay. One more thing before I do a sponsor read here. The last thing I want to talk about with Loretta's is the Race Tech rant. I'll get both of your opinions. Uh, Talon, so you're, you know, I know you're a big off road rider. Not super moto guy, probably have never even considered going to Loretta's yourself. But Steve says, stop taking Loretta so seriously. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It's one race. It's going to rain one of the motos. It's going to be a shit show. All his thoughts. Um, you know, as a, like, I've never personally cared that much about Loretta's. I just never felt like I was fast enough to go do it anyway. Uh, but for the guys that it, you know, if it means something to, you Talon, and you want to go do it? Fuck it, take it seriously. It's fun. Who cares? But Steve is adamant that it just doesn't matter, and I think it does matter if it if it matters to you. It definitely matters. I mean, look at look at all these companies, Cali, KTM. They're all putting so much money into this one week, this one event. Like it's obviously important. It's obviously meaningful to the sport, and there's a reason reason they put so much effort behind it. You know? Yeah. Uh, okay, checkers. You you just got back on a bike recently, man. You have fallen back in love with moto. I don't know how exactly how old you are, but if you could go, if you could qualify for Loretta's next year and go, you know, get a podium. What I mean, would that matter to you? Um, I mean, if I could and go get a podium, it would matter to me as a personal goal. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, I think it it means it means you're a bad dude, and that is the one thing about. Loretta's in general is anyone that's ever won down there, they are extremely gnarly, no matter what class it is. And, you know, you could say, you know, there's times that like one of the B classes will be a little weaker or like college boy or whatever will be a little weaker. And people are like, oh, you just dodge competition. You don't dodge competition. I mean, there's still somebody good in that class. Um, and you're, you're gnarly if you win a championship down there, at, you know, on that side. And, as a race and as a event, one of the callers even pointed it out, um, that Monster Cup, and they asked why Monster Cup wasn't carrying more pressure. And yep. Actually, Kellen was talking about the pressure part of it a little bit. And as an industry person myself, and when I'm looking at riders, um, and I feel like the teams as well, they are looking at Monster Cup pretty heavily now. Supercross is extremely important in our sport, and that event is a pressure cooker and a half. That's why you see half the field yard sailing. I mean, when McAdoo won, he won with a 7-1 and won the thing um, because everybody yard sailing because of all the pressure was a lot of that. Um, but the one thing about Loretta is that it makes it super important is they are gnarly conditions as far as it is a rough, challenging track that no one really has an advantage on. That part's rain true, and that was part of the no one ever gets to ride here, so it's not right. anyone's home track. Yeah. And it's not like anything anyone's ever ridden. It's hot. You do have all the pressure on there. And it is the one of almost guaranteed a mud moto. Yeah. Um, the last couple of years, it actually hasn't rained, which is crazy. Um, but it actually it hasn't. But mud motos are important too. How do you handle that? And how do you handle those conditions? And 
it's the one race on the calendar for amateurs. Yes, there's four or five majors, but if you miss one of the other ones, it really doesn't matter. The East Coast guys don't go all the way to Mammoth. The West Coast guys don't go to Minios a lot of times. Right. But Loretta, everyone goes to it. And so that you don't, you can't dodge competition there. Yes, people say you can go to a different class or whatever, but you can't dodge the competition and the pressure. So um, is it overrated, maybe? Yes, because it is so much different. It is not an outdoor national track, mm-hmm. and it's not a series by any means. If it, it could could it be better? Yeah, if it's a series and they had the support to do something like that across six races or something, sure. But I think a lot of Steve's opinion was really coming from the vet side of things. Of man, why are you guys taking this so seriously? Yeah, There's nothing to come out of it. Yeah. But at the same point, there is stuff to come out of it. There's companies out there that are still providing support and motorcycles and contingency and bonus money. Four podiums and stuff at Loretta's for vet guys. I know about I know about companies that are doing it. So um, maybe it's yeah, it's not making a living by any means. But if you like to race your dirt bike and you want to have fun with it, there's still something to be gathered from there. Um, you know, and he's probably talking a lot about his industry connections and stuff. But you know, the Barry Carstens of the world. Do you think that Suzuki's still helping him with motorcycles just for his local stuff? No, they want him on that stage of Loretta's. I mean, I know another rider that in OEM had shipped bikes across the country for him because they wanted him to race them at Loretta's yeah. and go for a championship down there in a vet class. So I know that uh, it's important to them, and it's a way for them to get motorcycles, and there's gear companies and stuff that want those titles and, and will invest in it. So there's still some importance on the vet side, but... For me personally, and most of the guys that are down there in the vet class, it's not really a business decision as much as it is a personal, it's a personal goal. Like, where else are you going to go race if you're Barry Karsten right now? You're yeah. not going to line up at a pro national. The local A classes, sure, that's great and all, but when do you get to go race guys like your old buddies and race up against them? Like, it's fun, of course. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I have a lot of friends. I mean, like Dino, super fan. How uh, How has been wanting to try to make Loretta's for the last couple of years and. Because of work and things haven't, it hasn't happened. But it's a personal goal for him just to make it there, not necessarily be a winner or a podium guy, but just to make it. And then there's these guys that like they want it. It's just a personal goal that Steve says he doesn't really have personal goals, but a lot of us do. So I, I think it's cool. Um, and hey, you made I wanted to make a joke a little bit ago, but I didn't get to. You made a you made a mention of mo, mud motos being important, and we're not doing any Kiefer after dark right now. We're gonna save that for later. Um, but, hey, I do want to thank our sponsors, Andy Gregg with Guts Racing. Uh, stepped up. If you want for the highest performance in seat covers and foam on the market, visit GutsRacing.com. And speaking of Guts Racing and Andy Gregg, uh, Jeffrey is our winner for the 40% off discount on a Guts Racing seat cover. Uh, I'm just going to read the first couple lines of his email right here. He says, hey, I know this is the obvious choice. Oh, well, first of all, for you guys, if you didn't listen, the idea was to send in an email of what was your favorite part of last week's show, which was the classic wrap-up of 262. So he said, I know this is the obvious choice, but may not be a one-off pick, but who can't enjoy a Chris Kiefer story? Which, referring to Chris Kiefer losing his virginity, uh, no doubt the extent of his story is questionable, but I can relate. So, hey, Jeffrey, congratulations. I will email you and get your contact info. But I also want to thank Michelin Bicycle Tires, if you want the same tires at Cam Zinc and Sam Hill Run, visit bike.michelin.com for all the details. And thanks to Randy Richardson for that. And you can also go to Motosport and pick up those items and support many of the other Pulpamex sponsors through Motosport or just go to pulpamexshow.com. Click on the sponsor tab. Use the links. Use the discount codes, including Race Tech. Thanks to, uh, thank you, Chris, for that. Um, but, yeah, that's really cool that we can support the sponsors and keep the Pulp Show going because, obviously, we all want to do that. And we want to keep the wrap-up show going. So use, go to visit, uh, Michelin Bicycle Tires and Guts Racing and Motorsport and thank them. Um, all right, so I want to talk about nationals. The nationals start uh, in a week, basically a week and a half. Uh, let me play a little audio clip from Monday night first. Okay, he missed Redbud with an injury. Uh, and then other, outside of that, he, he made top five every moto, I think was the stat. It, yeah. But one, maybe but one. Some, something like that, like, yeah. I didn't fucking realize he was that good. <laughs> Obviously, missed Redbud, right? But um, so you take that stat from last summer, which I don't really remember, and you think about how well he's riding Supercross, mm-hmm. and you know his work ethic, you know his bike, you know his team, and I'm thinking Zach might be the guy to challenge Tomac. I would have to agree. I think Zach, like you said, riding the high that he is, and 
getting another year of experience on the 450 underneath him coming into outdoors he's going to obviously have the bike figured out a little bit more than he did last year and if he can start up front, which yeah. he normally can, yeah. he starts with Kenny, starts with Marv, yep. get away from Eli before the Eli freight train comes rolling through the field, I think he could easily win several motos this year. All right, I guess I should have said at the beginning that that clip is mainly talking about Zacho, but I wanted to say, checkers, like, you know, with, if you watch the, uh, the national preview show that the guys did, that Steve and Weege and JT did, everybody pretty much feels like Eli is the favorite, and they're not wrong. Um, you know, they have some concerns with Kenny Roxon, how he's going to do, whether he's going to be able to, you know, be 100% or not. But uh, Steve is very, very hyped on Zacho. So, yeah, Zacho won a, a, a Supercross. Um, he's killing it, right? We think he's going to do great outdoors. Um, checkers, though, man, what do you think about the comments that Steve made from the audio I just played? And, you know, Kellen even saying that, hey, I think, I think he could win. If he starts up front, he can win. Well, I'm having deja vu because it sounds like when Steve came back from France, I believe it was when Zacho was absolutely killing it before Supercross, um, his rookie season, I believe it was. 450 season, yeah, and, right before the collarbone, right? I think, then, it, I think he broke a collarbone maybe? Yeah, then he yeah. ended up getting hurt and missing the season and then coming back and really having to try to ride himself back into form and kind of lost a lot of confidence. Good point. So I hope that that part of the story doesn't play out because Steve was riding the Zacho train really, really hard then, and he was almost kind of by himself. Um, on it that time, whereas this time it's so much different because I think I think it's obvious that Zach has that momentum he had when he won his Supercross title and his outdoor title. Um, he is he's on top of the world. I mean, he's won the last race. You're only as good as your last race. We know his program's good. We know he works hard. We know he rides outdoors probably better than Supercross. Um, I think it's a bold statement to say he's going to be the guy that challenges Telmac more than anyone, but I see where it's coming from. Um, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped on Zach, but I'm honestly I'm always hyped on Zach. So I'm not I'm not very biased when it comes to Zach Osborne. Uh, Talon, you didn't really get a chance to chime in. Uh, you know what do you, with during the show Monday? What do you think, man? Are you do you do you agree with them? Do you think that you know Kenny's probably going to struggle? AC, they said you know they all agree he's probably going to do what he did, man. He's going to ha- be fast, but he's going to make mistakes. Are you pretty much on board with what they said Monday night, or do you have a difference of opinion? I'm pretty much on board with it. I don't know how much Zach was actually going to be able to run with Tomac. You know, just because they, they're kind of similar in the way that they get bad starts and then they charge really hard through the pack all moto and they just never give up. You know, if Zach had better starts and he could maybe have a chance to run away a little bit early before Tomac made his way through the pack, I think he can do it. But if you're putting them both, head-to-head at, you know, ninth and 10th place, I, I give Tomac the nod almost every race. Yeah, and that's what Kellen, I think Kellen made the point of, if he can start a friend, he could win, especially if Eli gets one of those 15th place starts, you know, and has to work his way through the pack. Um, yeah. But I think Zach is probably one of the top two guys, uh, you know, him and Cooper are the two guys that I think have the most opportunity to challenge Chris or checkers, sorry, um, which is pretty much what I think Mathis and those guys were saying. You know, those are because Steve even said like he doesn't think Marvin's going to be ready uh, coming off the injury, really not racing any this year, and then he doesn't really think Jason Anderson has any motivation or what is his motivation? He was questioning it. I uh, this could come back to bite me, so please nobody clip this. Nobody, nobody do that. Well, Marks will do it because, okay, we yeah. that, because Marks will be like, "Oh, I'm gonna make my, the guy that pays me look stupid." That's just Marks' whole fucking goal in life. <laughs> I'm gonna make the guy that pays me look stupid. But um, you're welcome. This could bite me, but I really think Webb and Zacho will be a challenger to Tomac more than Marvin and Kenny. And Kenny's the one that he's we've got two outdoor championships. It could really come back to bite me. I just. I see Kenny, like, with, the, with, with stuff that's going on in Salt Lake City, uh, I don't know if he's fully focused on these races. His fiance or wife, is, is about to give birth. It's like he's just over it, right? Like, yeah. just like, this is, yeah. I don't know. And again, I haven't talked to him. Uh, I'll have a few texts back and forth about a couple of stuff. But I have a feeling that Kenny's going to ride this thing out this summer. I, and this could, could screw me. But is is that in any way though like recency bias? Because we saw it just didn't go his way in Salt Lake City. But he has whatever it's been like two and a half months since the yeah. last round of Salt Lake City yeah. to to ramp back up and get ready. 
And, and I just see Webb and Osborne being a bit more hammerheads. I still don't see them beating Tomac, don't get me wrong, but I see them giving Tomac more of a run than Kenny and Marv. Yeah, I actually wanted to touch on the Anderson thing um, okay. before we go back to your question. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I totally disagree with Steve 100% on the Anderson thing because I think if there was a time for him to slack off, it was between the two Supercross seasons, per se, during that long break. And he came back to Salt Lake better than he was at the beginning of the season. And Anderson's not as much of an outdoor guy as he is a Supercross guy. But I don't. I didn't see any lack of motivation. I didn't see any lack of fitness. They were at elevation. He had no issues with that. I don't see anything that tells me that Anderson's going to be slacking off. Um, I feel like he's out actually to prove a point that he's not a slacker and that that's not why he left Alden. Right. And that he can still do it on his own and maintain it. Now, you could argue 100% that he had his base built up from Alden and he was just riding on that and it's going to gradually deteriorate. I could see that, but as of this point, what I've seen, I completely disagree with Steve on that, that part. And he felt pretty strongly on it um, as far as him lacking motivation and such. And I know he puts that image out there yeah, for sure. Definitely. And, you know, so he brings it upon himself, but. I've yet to really see that lack of work ethic since, you know, there was once upon a time when he turned pro and got benched by Bobby Hewitt, who's hmm. now officially no longer with them, which I would see that playing more of an effect on him than anything, to be honest with you. Yeah, I could see that. And I, I wanted to comment that I actually got to hang out with Jason two weekends ago. He was out doing a clinic at one of our local tracks out here in East Texas, and he was the most personable I've ever seen him probably because he wasn't at a race and not in race mode. And just visiting with him, man, the guy sounds like he is ready to go. He seemed fired up. He was excited. Can't wait to get racing. So, you know, I don't know that I think he will compete with Eli regularly, um, but I think he's – I definitely think he's motivated. I think he wants to prove, you know, that he's not just a Supercross guy and that he's not just slacking, that it – it does matter to him, and he clearly, from what he said to me, still loves racing. Um, Talon, you got any thoughts on Jason? I just kind of agree. I don't with Checkers. I think he's going to try harder, get more effort, not being with Alvin, just because he wants to prove his work ethic and prove that he can do it on his own. You know, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want that reputation of being the guy that doesn't try hard. Or you yeah, know, no one wants that. Absolutely. Well, hopefully. Uh, We'll see. Maybe Steve will be proven wrong in uh, that he does have motivation. Hell, maybe he'll go out and maybe he'll compete for the championship. We'll we'll see the start of yeah. it. And, uh, huh? I don't know about that. Yeah. I, don't, I, well, all right, man, I wouldn't say he was going to be the guy that challenges Tobac the most by any means, but I don't think you'll see a lack of effort. Right. And I still put Webb in front of everyone. Yeah, right? yeah. I, mean, I do. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm Webb and Osborne for that second spot. Kenny occasionally, but I see Kenny kind of doing what he did in Supercross, having weekends where he's great and then having yep. weekends where he's kind of, you know, 5 to 10. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. All right, let's move on to uh, one of the guests that came on. Benny Bloss, man, is going full privateer. He came on to talk about his his uh, deal, his team, privateer team, whatever, you know. And Derek Rankin, his mechanic, who we uh, we all know as Jericho, quit uh, the Rocky Mountain team to go work with Benny. Checkers, that's that's first of all, that's really really bold on Jericho's part. He truly, obviously, believes in Benny. I think this is Benny has a lot to prove. Obviously, he but he was really um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was humble about the situation of leaving and of getting let go from Rocky Mountain, not really having any kind of issues with Bogle or the team, and just wanting to go out there and prove himself. Yeah, and I think that really comes down to he went through it already once, right, when they hired Bogle over him. Yep. And he went back to the team, and I think that's just Boss's style. And, you know, I've come to find this out as the end of his amateur career and then turning pro of nobody says a bad word about the Boss family in general. And people like to help them out and say good things about him. So that's just the classy people that I'm, I've come to find out that they are, which would also tell me why Jericho would leave a team to go help him out is he feels like, hey, these guys are going to make sure I'm taken care of, and he's confident enough in his work ability that when he, if he needs another job at some point because Benny's not his rider, that he'll be able to find a job. But, yeah, I mean, true. here's the thing. Benny's not Eli Tomac out there where he has the pull to go to a team necessarily and say, 
I'm only coming here if I can bring my mechanic. You know, those days don't really exist anymore. So that's a super, I was very shocked by that move. <laughs> so um, was and I. Especially knowing that it's not like him and Bogo aren't, they don't get along because he's, I believe they're all in Oklahoma right now, I think. Yeah, they are. As I'm aware. They are. Everybody and, and I know Bloss and Bogle are buddies. And so it's not like he's just seeing Bogle and that he left because he didn't want to work with Bogle. Um, and from everything I know, the team gets along super well. Um, I know uh, I go into the tent here and there with those guys, and, and they have a really close relationship. And it's a different dynamic, too, of their practice and race mechanics on that team, mm-hmm. which is different than most of the factory teams where most of the guys aren't. So that won't be that big of a change. It's not like he's leaving the team because he's going to have way more workload. Um, but the other interesting part was they asked about taking parts from uh, <laughs> from the team and whatnot. Yeah. And I heard Benny mention that he has 52 cone valve forks, which are very, very hard to come by and expensive. So um, either the team is, is kind of backdoor helping him still or somebody at KTM or Husky or WP, somewhere along the line, He's getting some help still to have some good parts on his privateer bike. Well, that, that's good because I, I like Benny. And, um, yeah, Derek texted me two weeks ago. It was the, it was the last time uh, when Steve was off Monday. But he texted me Sunday and asked if Benny could come on on my show. And I assume he probably went to Pulp first, but Steve wasn't doing a show. So, yeah, when Derek told, her, told me that, I was blown away. I was like, holy sh- shit, really? You're, you, you're quitting. And he hadn't quit yet, but he was quitting Monday or whatever. And I was yeah, I was, I was taken aback a little bit. I was surprised, but I, th- I think it's going to be good. Um, I do want to mention that Benny forgot in all the hype and excitement to mention his uh, title sponsor. So I was asked by, uh, by Derek to do that. So his title sponsor for the team is KT Tape. Uh, KTTape.com. You can fi- find them on Instagram. And they're basically they're an elastic sports tape which is designed to relieve pain while uh, supporting muscles and tendons, ligaments, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, go follow those guys. Give them some support. Talon, um, what do you think, man? I mean, you know, obviously we know Benny was going to go privateer, but to me the biggest part of the story is still Derrico leaving. Yeah, he actually, it's funny you say that because in my block notes, that's actually the first thing I wrote down yep. was he ranked in quitting the factory life to be his mechanic. Like yeah. it, just, it just shows how much faith he has in Benny and – well, I don't know, he just he obviously the friendship they have is good too because you don't just do that for anybody, you know. No, well, even Steve said he wouldn't do it for Timmy. So if that right there is like the end all be all, because you Steve would uh, Steve might leave Pookie for for Timmy if that's what it came down to, you know. Steve Steve loves him some Timmy, and he would not go back to privateer life for Timmy. So that, that yeah. should tell all of the the Pope listeners how serious that is. Um, Talent, what do you yeah. think about? Benny said he expects top fives and would love, really, really likes the podiums. Clearly, that's what everybody would like. Um, that's going to be a tall order for Benny, but having those goals, that's good, I guess. But what do you thought? What do you think when he said that on the show? He's been a better outdoor rider than indoors. Sure. And this year indoors, he was really good. Like he had a few really good rides at Salt Lake. You know, maybe he didn't get the results he wanted due to falls or whatever, but. He won a heat race. Like, he was up front a lot, and he's showing speed. Like, in Rankin said he's riding better than ever. So, maybe he's honest. Maybe he will be top five this this year and get a couple podiums. Okay. Well, I, I hope so. Um, I, I, again, I like Benny, but I think that's going to be a tall order. Um, checkers, the pulp sticker deal. Man, is it is it just a, a – is, really, is there a black cloud over this thing? Is it good that that Benny didn't take it? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's a good thing he didn't take it. Um, I think Steve needs to pay him still, find a way to do a bonus program. Just Maybe no sticker? him on the podium only, just no sticker. Yeah. Uh, that thing is, it's either cursed or maybe the other part of it is, is Steve has, has a good heart and he only sees the, believe it or not, I'm saying Steve only sees the positive of the situation of, wow. oh, it would be so cool if this worked out or if this could happen. But really the percentage of it really working out, I mean, I'm going to start with my buddy Bloss, and hopefully he doesn't get mad at me, but he won't. <laughs> but you send Bloss, who's not really an outdoor guy, to a national on a 252 stroke and expect it to go well. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, or you interject someone into the middle of the national season, which he's done a couple times, and expect it to go well. Uh, not, not, not really. 
<laughs> not really a recipe for things going well. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, he says the McAdoo straight rhythm thing. That didn't really go that poorly. Um, it kind of went where Cameron was at the time as far as Supercross talent on a bike he'd never ridden before. So he did terrible. Um, so I think that one's a little played up. But other than that, the rest of them. I, I mean, Hampshire was doing it's... pretty well, too. He just got hurt. Yeah. Other than the Hampshire right. one, I think that a lot of this is to help guys out, not really expecting great results. Obviously, he'd love it if it happens, but he's helping people out that he's friends with, that he believes in, and because he does have a good heart, and you know, he's, so he just likes helping guys out. So, um, yeah, but I think maybe just just for the uh, the black cloud, let's not do the sticker deal, Benny. Um, last thing with the Benny interview that I wanted to talk on was we had a caller, another Derek, call in with this true-false game, which I don't really care about the true-false game, but out of this true-false game, we found out that Steve doesn't like Cold Stone, he likes Dairy Queen better, and doesn't like, or it's the same consistency as Dairy Queen, I think he said, and doesn't like Roadhouse, it blows. What the fuck is wrong with Steve, Talon? He doesn't like anything good. It must be a Canadian thing. His taste buds are all messed up or something. It's got to be a Canada thing. He said Coldstone was like yogurt. I've never, because I'm not a big Froyo fan either, and I I love Coldstone. It's not anything like yogurt to me. Maybe he's just getting weird items. Yeah, what do you think, Checkers? Because, I mean, look, Roadhouse isn't the best, but, I, I mean, it's not. It doesn't blow. Better than Maybe some Vegas there. locations all suck. Maybe I that's mean, that it. could be. The, yeah. I don't know, because I, I'm not a big sweets person, but I had uh, Coldstone the other night, actually, and it was absolutely awesome and i will always take that over dairy queen any day of the week Hell and yeah. hey the roadhouse and outback aren't even comparable little piece of trivia the town i live in white oak texas has the world's largest dairy queen boom boom yeah so we're, it's super super Fans uh, take notes <laughs> it's, it's a whole shows from now we're gonna do a giveaway there you go <laughs> um okay let's get this thing rolling cole seeley freestyle legend um Basically, man, to me, I, like I said, I just had Cole on the show, on my show also, but I thought Cole's just having fun, Checkers. I mean, he is involved in a ton of different things, talked about it all. Um, I just think I think hearing Cole and an enjoyment he's getting out of trying this freestyle and step up and the half pipe is really cool to hear him enjoying his life now. It was. It's really neat to hear guys when they are done racing that still just enjoy to, to yes. ride. Um, that's something that not everybody has. You know, a lot of guys they don't touch a motorcycle for a long time, and he never really quit riding, and never. You know, he just changed what he was riding, but not necessarily how much or how involved. And um, he's kind of transitioned really smoothly out of racing into just riding, and then all of his other projects that he has going on as far as you know, building his social media and his YouTube and his merchandise and now coffee, I guess, too. We found out about the coffee shootout. Bump start coffee, uh, yep. It was really easy. Yeah, it's, it's he's really easy to listen to for sure. And I really liked his explanation of just how gnarly the step-up and quarter pipe were. Um, that was pretty neat to listen to, just him, him, a rider at his level that, you know, when I think of guys that can go free ride in the hills and hit anything and figure out a way to manipulate their bike, Sealy's a guy that can yeah. do it, and for him to talk about how gnarly it is, and what not is yeah, and how scary it was cool. for him yeah. to do it. Yeah, because Steve, he said like he was thinking, how can I get out of it once he got there and saw it, and uh, you know, Steve mentioned that checkers about you know his ability, um, talents. You know, he also mentioned like how while racing the schedule is so intense, and he missed you know birthdays and weddings and all the travel. And uh, I'm going to play a piece of audio, and I'm going to let you respond to it. Yeah, I mean, for a mechanic, it's like you said, it, they're the most – they're probably work harder than the riders in a lot of a lot of senses, but – Well, uh, I'm surprised if – I'd be surprised if Steve doesn't pull that clip to Talon and use that um, forever, basically, that nobody works harder than the riders – or the, the mechanics. The mechanics work harder than the riders. Um but that all stems from Cole saying, you know, how difficult the travel is and how much work there is. And now, basically, he can enjoy things and do more things. But I just thought that piece of audio would be something that Steve would love. Oh, yeah, the mechanics. They do have probably the longest hours out of any of the crew. Oh, definitely. But what I, 
from that TV interview, too, is he was saying just how all of his friends are turning 30, and he's <laughs> able to go to those 30-30 parties, and he's able to just enjoy the things that we don't really – we take for granted with our lives. You know, we think being a Supercross rider would be awesome, you know, and everything, but you miss out on so much that just hanging out with your friends and missing those important moments. You know, so I'm sure he's just soaking it all in right now and enjoying everything. Definitely. It's very cool to hear. Glad he came on. Um, you know, on our show, he did not mention the partnership with Harley. So Steve broke that. That's going to be pretty cool once that thing gets going. Um, okay, so one more guest I want to talk about and a couple more small things, and we'll wrap this thing up. Chris Betts, tons of baseball talk. Uh, Taylor, I don't know if you were paying attention to the Facebook and the YouTube. A lot of people didn't like it. Um I'm not a big baseball guy, so I just sort of listen. But what do you think, man? What do you think of the baseball talk? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a huge fan of it, but, you know, we have Chris Betts on the line. What are we What are we going to do? And there's not a ton of racing talk sure. about anyway right now. So, you know, I, if it was every show, I would get tired of it for sure. But it's cool to hear, hear them talk about that for, you know, 30 minutes and hear Betts' perspective. And you get to hear what he's doing with baseball and kind of translate it over to moto and how it's similar and different and all that. I don't know. It's just cool to hear someone else at a professional level for another sport and, yeah, you know, hear the, hear into their lives. And, and I, I mean, like I said, I'm not a huge baseball guy, uh, checkers, but I like the fact that Steve doesn't mind doing an hour on mountain biking or 45 minutes on hockey. If that's what he wants to talk about It's his freaking show. And we're getting it for free and we're still getting entertained. And, you know, it's yeah, it's cool to hear somebody like Betts, who's uh, you know basically a professional baseball player. I mean, he's not in the majors, but he's a professional baseball player. Loves our sport and just shits. You know, listening to him in there talking about what he does. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of the segment. I'm a I'm a Betts fan for sure. Love listening to him. I think he does a fantastic job. Um, but I still listen to the whole thing, and I wasn't annoyed listening to it because there's enough um, of two things I would say within that that keep me in one is the behind the scenes stuff and how it compares to moto as far as like when he talks about the contracts and the money and that yes. side of things and um and the work ethic and the which ties into the other part of how gnarly he respects motocrossers for being and how he almost laughs about how not gnarly baseball guys are comparatively <laughs> sure and how he thinks moto guys are crazy so those two things keep me pulled in did it run a little longer like a lot of times when steve goes off on his you know mountain bike stuff or whatnot he shortens it up a little bit whereas the baseball thing a lot of it ran longer because kellen's a huge baseball fan as well um i don't mind it i'm glad it's not every show it wasn't my favorite segment by any means even though i'm a, a big bets fan um I prefer when Betts is sprinkles in a little bit of baseball here and there, or a quick story here and there, versus nonstop baseball talking. More of it was because they were talking about players and teams and such that not so much teams, but players and um, games that I wasn't familiar with because I'm not Same. a huge baseball fan. So Same. I'm like, who are you talking about? And I guess that's how the people that call in or email of you're mentioning these nicknames, but I have no idea who you're talking about. Right. And I guess I'm. I felt like they do. Yeah, I knew Tony Gwynn, but for most of the stuff they were talking about, I was sort of out on. But like I said, I didn't hate it. I just kind of, I just listened and took it in, and uh, no problems. But let's. Uh, Bets is always good though, so keep Bets coming in. A um, couple more things. Jason Thomas, al always a staple of the show, but big time of the year for them. The 2021 Fly Gear just got released, um, and Kellen, man, Kellen was. Or JT really liked Kellen's Instagram post, and Steve was a little jokingly, I think, but a little butt hurt about all the praise he was getting. Taylor, yeah, and I don't know. I think it was more just JT doesn't have the relationship with Kellen to where he expects Kellen to do that, to go above and beyond and make that make a nice post, you know. And he didn't. He mentioned, you know, he didn't get to spend time with Kellen and go over everything. So Kellen just did that on his own, and I think it took JT by surprise, you know, he's pleasantly surprised that right. he took the time to, you know, put some effort into it. He didn't just post a picture of it. Yeah, but I thought it was it was cool of him to kind of to say that about Kellen, and then I thought it was funny that, you know, that uh, Steve was like, oh, Kellen's IG. Oh, yeah. Kellen's doing yeah. so great. But, hey, I did get a little bit of props from Steve, I feel like, when I called in. Please, checkers, please have my back. Was he giving me a little bit of props, Steve? Yeah, I was waiting for him to to start saying a bunch of negatives. Me too. To offset positive because 
he was uh, definitely building you up and saying, "Hey, you made it. You've you've made it a step further." And uh, and I think you know, it's JT was the same way. You know, he definitely uh, was backing up Steve's kind of compliment. <laughs> right. I guess that's actually a massive. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Kind of compliment, a massive one. I'll take so. it from Steve. Yeah, but and I I. I like the fact that everybody was talking about the new light pant and the new Formula CC helmet, and I brought up the new stuff with the goggles. I went different, man. I was, you know, promoting, and I, hell, I'm an ex-brand guy, but you know, I love Fly also, so I tried to throw something a little different in there. And I, I, I was, I have to say, I was smiling a little bit when Steve kind of complimented me. Um, okay, just a couple more things I want to touch on with tweet at, the tweet at tits or Talon segment. Um, you know. It trips me out when it's tweeted tits, but Talon's in studio. But it's it's funny, I guess. Um, so the Geico YouTube thing uh, video dropped with Steve, uh, Steve and Kiefer riding the Geico bike. So go check that out. That's what they're talking about. But the big news for me, uh, Talon, that I didn't know was Jimmy Perry and Dino Dan getting let go from Yamaha. That came from the tweeted tits segment. Um, little inside info that I was certainly unaware of. Yeah, and that's what's cool about the tweets is sometimes you get people asking questions that aren't the normal, you know, they're just questions that they want to be known. They're not trying to hide from, you know, get, they're not trying to not get themselves in trouble or whatever. They're just trying to find out information. And mm-hmm. it's cool because we found out basically that it sounds like Star might be taking over the 450 yep. or if not Star, it at least sounds like they're going to have an all new crew with, inside that factory Yamaha team. So That's what it sounds like, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of those tweets that, overrated yeah definitely or yeah that was good content and it's something that kind of got me stirred up and some people on the uh on the chat rooms of the of youtube we're talking about and checkers weeds we had some tweets for weeds earlier in the show and you know not not any real big information came out of it but him saying that as long as he disagrees with steve when he goes into the different semis everybody's cool with him that that's about right I mean, I think that's how everyone knows Steve. I mean, that's his reputation that he's built, and that's how he's built his show is he's very argumentative. I mean, that's you think of Steve and JT, why do they work so well together? Because they argue all the time. And, I mean, that's just Steve in general is he, in his, and at least in his shows, you know, the, the personality, that's how they know him. You know, he'll come in and say something completely asinine just to get people fired up, right. and that's, that's his personality. Yeah. Well, and I, I just I think it's funny. I mean that you know, and I've I've had that similar stuff happen when I go into a truck. If you kind of make a joke about Steve, everybody thinks it's great and they love it. So, yeah, uh, good stuff from the Pope. All right, last topic from Tweeted Tits. Steve mentioning, and I don't even have the deal. I can't remember how this came up, but the fly mountain bike shorts. Somebody asked him about it. Uh, it just the whole rules for gear matching and having a certain um, you know, everything's got to match and work together. The, the That idea that you can't wear Fox boots and fly gear, I'm kind of on board with Kiefer with this. I don't really care if Steve wears fly mountain bike shorts or not, but I just want to get your guys' opinion on stuff matching. So I'm going to let you go first, Checkers. Um, there was a time in my life that I didn't care. Okay. Um, and we were budget racing and it didn't really matter. It was all about the results on the track, and I never knew any better. Didn't didn't even cross my mind. These days, um, I probably would skip going riding if I couldn't at least look good because I can't go fast. I gotta look fast. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I don't disagree. My my buddy says like with me, all show and no go. Man, you got the good looking gear, the bike looks good, and you're just in the way when you're out on the track. So, how about you, Talent, out in the desert, man? Do you care? Yeah, I care. I I want to keep the you can't be wearing fly gear with Fox boots or whatever. You got to keep it brand within the brand or, you know, wear Alpine star boots or CD. If you want to, if you want to wear different boots. Yep. I, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, if you can't, if you don't have access to new gear that all matches and you're just wanting to go ride and you really can't afford to do all that. No worries. I get it, but I still gonna make fun of you. If you're my buddy, I'm just, am. um, you know, if you're if you're my buddy and you're broke and you come out with shit that doesn't match, I'm gonna pick on you. It's just the way it is. Sorry, I mean it's it's part of the fun. I'm very very fortunate that JT and Fly helped me out uh, in WPS because I just literally got some new uh, 
new fly gear today, and I'm pretty stoked on it. But I, I, I've been that guy that didn't match before, and people made fun of me, and that's just the way it is. Okay, I think. And when I ride, oh, I go ahead. When, when I ride my bicycle, I don't, I don't ever match. You know, I'm wearing my road bike shorts, and then I usually put, you know, just regular uh, gym shorts over the top of them, so I'm not wearing Same. the tights out on my mountain bike. But yeah, on my mountain bike, I'm just going to get the workout. I don't care really what I look at, look like, and I think that's kind of where Steve's at too. He's just been in for the workout. On the mountain bike, I definitely have a different opinion because I'm not like I'm not wearing the spandex. I'm wearing gym shorts. I do have a, f- a couple fly mountain bike shirts, but yeah, I'm not. I don't care if I match on my mountain bike. But when I'm at the track, gotta look good. Checkers, you're on board now. Um, it's that's what it's about, uh-huh. man. It's about looking good, picking up the chicks. Well, you got. I mean, I, I have a huge opinion on the mountain bike thing. I'm definitely okay. a big mountain bike guy. You see me, big fitness guy. Really, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stuff. You're killing it, man. Yeah. Um, the one thing though, I would like to point out about the matching gear thing is, is it's okay for for you guys as mountain bike guys because you're not super hardcore into it. I would say, okay, you're not that hardcore fan. And maybe that's the way it is on the moto side. The guys that aren't matching are probably not a hardcore moto fan, and maybe we need to ease up on them a little bit. And, you know, Kiefer, out of all people, should ease up on him because he's the one that said, hey, don't pick on that dude that's struggling out of the track. That's true. He might be new to the sport. Go up and be a buddy to him. So don't make fun of him, Kiefer. Well, okay. Uh, if he's new, you got to give him the advice, though, that, hey, dude, you got to match, bro. No? All right, well, maybe that's all that Dalton and John Mayer is doing for, for Steve. Say that again, Talon. Uh, I think there's price point options where you can still match and still get, you know, an Alpine Star Tech 3 or, you know, there's there's options where you can match at a price point level. You know, you don't just have to buy the cheapest where, you know, in mixed brands. Right. Or or just listen to the Moto 60 show when it comes back on and call in and tell Steve that you agree with him on something, nets or anything, and you'll probably win yeah. some here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, I think we're going to call this a wrap. I'm Dark Side for the Moto X Pod Show. If you guys have any comments or uh, interjections, any thoughts, anything for Hello Pookie, hit me up, darkside at pulpamex.com. Once again, I want to thank Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and motosport.com. I want to thank Steve for allowing me to do this. Checkers from Race Tech, thank you. Talon from Pulpamex Show, thank you. Uh, that's a wrap, though. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? The tea and me.